live from the Fremont Theater in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. So, um, ever since before I was born, um, I lived, or my family lived with my grandparents, thank you, my parents, my sister, and my uncle. We all lived together on the fourth story of an old building uh, about 15 blocks from the Pink House, which is where the president uh, usually has his office. So we were a very close family. We ate together, my grandmother, made the best food, Italian, Spanish, Argentine. And we always ate together. And I remember coming home from my school that I had attended for seven years. I loved my school. Lenguas Vivas was the name, which means live tongues, because they taught different languages. So I would come home from school on those cold, sunny days in Buenos Aires, and my grandmother had just made uh, pastelitos or uh, these fritters she fried and you know because she knew we would come home and to have it with tea and it was the best feeling the, the warmest feeling and with our grandparents because we always lived together we did lots of nice things they would take us to the river to the costanera my grandmother had made pizza and fugasa the best and we would sit there by the river and look at the river, the river plate, Rio de la Plata, it was wonderful. And I had a very good friend who lived in La Boca, her name was Susana. La Boca is a very picturesque neighborhood in Buenos Aires. And I would go and spend the night there and it was so cool. You know how we used to sleep when we shared a bed? I, I want to tell you this. Um, so one person sat, uh, slept on one side, right, on the pillow, and the other person slept on the other side, on the other pillow, so that our, my feet would be next to her head. That's how we shared a twin bed when we were little, like if you spent the night with a friend. Anyway, everything was great. Everything was wonderful. One day, I was 13 years old, and our parents told us that uh, we were moving to the United States. And at first I thought, oh my God, how exciting, the United States. Bazooka gum, you know, we love bazooka. <laughs> uh, movies, Doris Day was very popular then, uh, but she was, and Paul Anka, put your head on my shoulder. I mean, there were all kinds of cool things about the United States. So I thought, great. However, the day we left, first my dad came three months before we came because he wanted to come and find a job and get things ready for us. So the day that my sister, my mother, and I said goodbye to my grandmother, who by then was a widow, uh, she, was, she was standing, we had a long corridor in this apartment, she was standing at the end there by the kitchen, and my, my mom said to her, we'll be back in five years, volvemos en cinco años. And my grandmother's face, you know, was, oh my God, it was really hard to see. We're leaving my grandmother? So we got on a plane, we came to Portland, Oregon, straight to Portland, Oregon. My dad was waiting for us at the airport with a handkerchief in his hand because you know he had missed us so much. Those three months here were very hard on him. Plus, he couldn't get the jobs he had applied for because his English was not that good. So he had had a hard time here and he was so happy to see us. 
And I enrolled at Shadow Grade School. I was put in eighth grade. It wasn't a school, it wasn't a great school. My school in Argentina was the best. This school, eighth grade was taught by one teacher and he didn't know what to do with me. So I got Fs and I did. And then when he would talk about Magellan and Columbus, I sit there going, that's not, that's not who discovered America, Columbus. You know, it's Cristobal Colón. And Magellan, what in the heck is that? You know, it's Magallanes or Magallanes, and how we say it. Anyway, I, I started figuring out, oh, they're talking about Magallanes. Oh, all inside, right? And then the way they teach division here, or in eighth grade, you already knew how to divide, but you still had to show how you divide here. You show all these numbers. Well, in Argentina, you learned how to divide with your head, so you don't show all these subtractions. It's just like real mental. So I had to go backwards and show all this stuff, and I thought, oh. Anyway, uh, on top of that, the person who made my clothes always was my mom. She, she was the best seamstress. So she, by the way, got a job here. The first day, we, the second day we were here, she had a job. She's the best tailor that you can ever imagine. So she made our dresses, my dress at least. And I remember being at Shadok with wearing these clothes that were very different, having my hair long, and I was bullied. People with, kids would just call me names down the hall. And I would pretend I was ignoring it, but it was really awful. So it was a hard year. And there were three Greek girls there that were wonderful. They were also immigrants. Back then, there were many Greeks that had come to Portland. So they took care of me, and they taught me English, because I wasn't learning English in that school. Anyway, that was uh, the, the first year. Then, during the summer, a wonderful older lady named Mrs. Hager, she invited us to come and live with her in uh, Oak Grove. And that was so cool, because she had a house with a horse. His name was Prince, a very tall black horse, and a very old Buick where I learned how to drive, and I think my sister did too. So, yeah, it was a huge, many acres, you know, and there was a brand new high school. So we got to go, I got to go to that high school. My sister went to Milwaukee. I went to Rex Putnam. Brand new. Everything was new. My old school in Buenos Aires was really, really old to the point that the ceiling once fell in. But this school was like, oh my gosh, everything is new. Nobody has ever touched this desk. Anyway, I love that school. And that's where I met two wonderful girlfriends. One of them is here today, Holly. And what they did was, when they noticed, this is what, how I see it, they noticed I was so, you know, foreign, uh, trying to adapt. They nominated me for a Girls League to be a representative. So I, I accepted the nomination, I won, and that's when I started realizing that there's so many opportunities here. So many, you know? I mean, in school, you could be president, you could be a representative of the students for the student government, and I love that. So I thought, oh, I'm gonna do this. This is, this is making me feel good. So I did things like that. I didn't learn a lot in high school, I have to tell you. I don't know what happened with science, but I did take French and did other stuff. Anyway, when I was a senior, I think, I became uh, president of the State Girls League. They nominated me. I said, sure, I'll do it. Somebody helped me write my speech, and it was about democracy. So, it's, you know, democracy, right? If you went to the march here, you probably said, this is what democracy looks like. At least I said it with Marisol. So, 
you know what? I, my speech was about that. I said, democracy is learned in school by being a representative of everybody else, and this is, this is how it works. Democracy is wonderful. Well, I won. I became president, and that was a wonderful thing. So then I went to college, and I was, again, continuing to adapt and becoming kind of popular, but never too popular. I was never voted anything special. It was just hardworking and popular, okay? <laughs> kind of like what Lily was talking about, <laughs> hard work, you know? And so in college, um, I went to a college in Illinois, Rockford. I don't know if any, anyone here has ever been there. I hope I won't offend anyone, but that's really not a fun city, okay? <laughs> it was like, oh. And so I, I, was, uh, it was, I was away from my parents. My parents were not with me. I was all by myself. I made a few friends, but I felt very lonely. And this is what happened. I started seeing my grandmother. I would be walking in uh, either Rockford or Chicago, because you would go there for fun. And I would see older ladies with gray hair, and I that's my grandmother, mi abuela, it's mi abuela, you know? And um, I went, oh my gosh, I have to go back. I have to go back. And then, five years had gone by. So that's what my mom said, we're coming back in five years. So it was not just because of my grandmother I wanted to go back, I wanted to go back because I felt so Argentine, you know? I forgot to tell you this, I was so patri patriotic, okay, that when the song was sung to the flag, I was crying, you know. It was a song that said, En lo alto la bandera, and then I would start crying. I mean, I felt Argentina was in my heart. The United States was not. And by the way, that was a time when, you know, Kennedy had been killed, like the first year we were here. It was a very hard time here, you know. So I said, I have to go back. So I came back to the United States, to uh, Portland, finished, I gave up on my, my scholarship, and I, um, I came back, I worked at Allmark Industries, at the factory, lifting big boxes. I tell this to my friends, I go, no, you didn't. I, yes, I did. I lifted those boxes full of these nails, and, and then they sharpened the point, the machine sharpened the point, and I had a long magnet that would, um, abstract all the shavings, the metal shavings. I mean, it was hard work. I worked for four or five months, saved all my money, went back to Argentina, and that's when I started doing this, you know, this. There's a famous Argentine painter named Segui who, who went to live in France, and he has a painting, I'm not rocking, okay? He has a painting <laughs> of himself <laughs> with one foot one foot in Buenos Aires by the obelisco, which is this obelisk, phallic symbol, and the other foot is by the Eiffel Tower. So obviously he had a problem deciding where he wanted to live, where his heart was. Where was my heart? I would go to Argentina and then I would feel, wow, I'm back home, the cafes, the friends, mi abuela, everything. It was wonderful, but my parents weren't there. And Marita, my sister, wasn't there. So then I would come back here, and I would see, oh, I'm here, my family, my friends, but, and I can be free, because there's something about Argentina you have to know. People want you to be a certain way. You have to dress a certain way. You're, you know, it's like kind of, um, you can't be just free and wear whatever you want, because people, at least when I was young, that's how it was. Maybe it's changed, I don't know. So I like that about here. So I went back and forth, I lived, and worked there twice with two real great jobs. And the last time I was there, I had an apartment, I had a great job. 
I just couldn't um, deal with, I had a person who was very mean to me and I had the worst time of my life with her and therefore it just changed everything. I had to go to a place where people believed me because I had to prove to this person that I was telling the truth, she did not believe me. So I said, who believes me? My parents. There's a, if, you, if you're lucky to have good parents, right? If you're that fortunate person that I am, your parents accept you how you are. They believe in you. You don't have to prove the truth because they know you're telling the truth. So I came back and then things changed. I became a more, uh, have, I became happier being in Portland. I joined, uh, I, I joined uh, a committee that wanted to paint murals all over the city because we were saying, this is such an ugly city. This was back in 1974. There were no murals on the walls of the buildings, and we wanted to paint them. Okay, that was one thing. Then Chile had just um, lost its socialist government, and I tend to be on the left, just like that program that you have today. And so I was heartbroken <laughs> about that. So I remember joining the, the committee for a free Chile, you know? And oh, yeah. yes! And then... <laughs> There was a play where I was Maria and this other guy was Juan and my last lines were, well, at least we'll have guns for our children. We were fighting the military in our play and all these people came, it was a sold out uh, play. So I felt, oh my gosh, I'm doing things that connect with me. I'm meeting people that have the same values that I have. So, yeah, and then of course, uh, I did a meditation course um, for the first time and it was there that I met I also, <laughs> sort of like Lily, I met, at the end of the course, I met the guy who's not my husband. He's right there. He didn't bring me flowers. <laughs> I, you know? <laughs> but I know he loves me. We've been together 40 years. 40 years and we have two sons. So I met him there. And, uh, and then we decided to do the Saturday market with my parents, just like you guys said. We took what to sell what? Empanadas. So what was I doing? I was using my Argentine culture, my Argentine skills, everything to, to, you know, to be who I was and to also to make a living. So for 10 years we sold the best empanadas anywhere. Nobody has better empanadas than we had. My parents, after a couple of years, stopped working with us, and then it was just Don and I. And it was I had the best time. The Saturday market is a counterculture, alternative economic system that works. Okay, and then after that, I became a Spanish teacher, and also at the high school, I did my Argentine thing in many ways, art, theater, everything. So to finish my story, I realized that. By, making, by having friends, I have some Argentine friends too, by having friends who, who, are, who know me and who have, we share culture together, that really helps to have your Argentine friends. And by um, doing things with people that have values like you, you sort of feel like you can be anywhere. I'm sort of like, a, you know the snails, they have a little house, they walk around town. I can be anywhere as long as inside I have my own self, my own voice, and that's all I need. So thank you.